I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. A spiritual home for so many in our nation's capital. The Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Join Boyd Matheson as he hosts lawmakers, Washington VIPs, and members of the church. This week, special broadcasts of Inside Sources, live from the open house of the D.C. Temple. We're very pleased to be joined now by someone who's been in the middle of the middle of the open house here in the Washington, D.C. Temple for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder Jack Gerard uh, joins us live here in our nation's capital. Thanks for carving out a little time in what has been a crazy busy schedule for you over the last week. Well, thank you. It's a privilege to be with you and quite an exciting time here in the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, you, you have a lot of history here in Washington, D.C. as well. You know your way around. What does this mean to have this opportunity in this role uh, as as uh, really welcoming the world to the Washington, D.C. Temple. Well, it's a wonderful opportunity as we open the temple here to uh, be shared with our many friends, our business and uh, associates, people we've worked with for many, many years. We lived in the area about 38 years prior to being called uh, to Salt Lake. And so for us and for many others I know, it's a real opportunity for them to come to know us better, but also to renew those acquaintances and friendships and uh, show them and share with them our, our, our sacred work that we do here in Washington and all over the world in our temples. Yeah, and it's been such a, an amazing thing of, of who has been so excited to come, uh, to come and see. That's really been the invitation uh, for so many, and you've been able to lead many of these uh, groups, whether it's uh, people from the uh, political community, those from interfaith community. Uh, tell us about some of those experiences uh, in a broad sense. Well, what's been wonderful about it, I think, is for many who have just been pleased with the invitation, but also once they have the privilege to go through the temple, to really feel the spirit and the power of the temple, and to better understand what goes on in the temple. I just a few moments ago left uh, Senator Ben Cardin of the great state of Maryland. And uh, after going through, he uh, described his feelings and his great appreciation for being invited and had very positive things to say about what he learned. And towards the end of that interview, commented that he's proud to represent not only the psychotic building, but all that goes on around it and the members of the church. And I was struck by that, that in, in a world of uh, polarization, if you will, that here's an opportunity to really bring people together. Mm-hmm. We don't have sides. We're not polarized in this case, but to come together to focus on one thing and to truly show mutual respect and love for each other. Yeah, yeah. it's an important part of that conversation and building those bridges, bringing people together. And this has been not just a, uh, a, a local D.C. kind of thing. It's been a national and an international experience. You had uh, members of the international media were here last week. Uh, give us a sense of some of the reaction of uh, some of those who have gone through these tours. Yeah, it's been very fascinating as to who has interest. Of, of course, uh, the beauty of this building has been known for many years. Last time it was open to the public in 1974. And now when we first started, as we had our uh, press conferences, if you will, we had over 150 members of the media, mm-hmm. journalists from all walks of life, 
some uh, foreign overseas, others domestic, some localized, and others with natu- national reach, came by and uh, to see and to tell the story. And from that, uh, we are now well over 4,000 VIPs have come through or will come through. And they, as you mentioned, Boyd, they uh, come from all walks of life. You think of the diplomatic community that's here in Washington, D.C. We've had a tremendous outpouring from many nations. Well over 50 nations are represented. We have representatives from all branches of government, the legislative branch, the administrative branch, the judicial branch at the highest levels of all come through and as the word of mouth begins to spread we have more and more and more coming we have the business community interfaith leaders people representing national face have come here international global reach have all come to be part of this and it's a wonderful opportunity not only for them to come and see as we say but as they learn, it brings us closer together. It brings us to a true unity of mutual respect and understanding. Yeah, I love that. I had mentioned just earlier we uh, had the conversation with the ambassador from Argentina. And uh, he talked about, you know, you have to understand uh, if you're ever going to love. Uh, and that's where we have to get. And it seems like that seems to be the feeling. He also used a, a beautiful phrase that uh, he came out of the temple soft. Uh, and, I, and I love that framing. Uh, as you've had the chance to, to interact on these tours and interact with uh, these uh, varied groups, uh, give us a little behind the scenes uh, in terms of the, the process to all of this. Uh, these things don't happen by accident. Uh, there's a lot of volunteers. There's a lot of uh, planning that has gone in. Just give us a little bit of insight into that. Well, it's, it's fascinating, Boyd, as you had mentioned. <clears throat> a lot of volunteers, but most of them are local. If you look at the leadership of the Temple Open House Committee out here, there are local individuals from Maryland, from D.C., from Virginia, many of whom have lived and served here in various church capacities for many, many years. And yet they all have wonderful relationships across their communities. But you can imagine the logistics of an undertaking like this, where over the course of uh, half a dozen days plus, uh, you'd have over 4,000 VIP types that would come through. And uh, you want to give them all special attention because they all deserve special attention. Yeah. And we want to make sure we respect and understand their various needs, their interests. In a place like Washington, everybody's busy, busy, busy. Yeah. And as you know, the traffic is such, it doesn't take much, and it adds 20, 30 minutes to your 40, 50, yeah. To your ability to get someplace. And so we have to accommodate all that. What I love about the spirit of the people here, the hundreds and hundreds that are volunteering, is they all understand that. Yeah. But just as the uh, Argentinian ambassador said, a place of peace, a place of soft. Yeah. So we go through the temple, we feel the quiet, the serenity, mm-hmm. the spirit of what it means and the sacred nature yeah. of what we do in our worship in the temple. And I've just been touched, very personally, deeply touched by all those who leave who, who with their greatest respect and reverence, yeah. uh, express that to us about what it means for them to be able to have a little glimpse, a little insight, if you will, as to yeah. what we believe and what we practice. That's wonderful. Uh, Elder Gerard, you have, uh, as you said, lived here a long time uh, and experienced all that D.C. has and been uh, involved in policy and lobbying and influence and, and connecting. Uh, as you look at that, it seems to me that the temple is just this ep- epitome of 
so many of those first freedoms, uh, that freedom of speech, uh, freedom to assemble, and freedom of religion, and how interconnected they are. What does the temple represent to you, uh, as someone who's been in all of those different spaces, uh, from government to business and beyond? Uh, what do those first freedoms mean in the temple? Well, I think they're very significant for us to exercise our faith consistent with our beliefs, according to our own conscience, as we know. But I think what it also means to me, and I often think of President Nelson's words early on when he says we're going to a higher, holier place. And if we look at some of the unfortunate divisions in our culture and our society today, here we get together people from all walks of life, from all views of different faiths, of different social standing, of different decisions in life, and yet we find the common human dignity that comes from the reflection of the temple, the spirit we feel in the temple. And I can tell you a lot of individuals, you just have to look at it in the political realm from Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, whatever tag or label the world would give us, we very quickly overcome any of those tags or labels when we enter the temple. And some of the great principles as we worship here to bring true equality, mm-hmm. to seek purity, to become better, to commit to do better. So every day we leave here and throughout our lives to truly live the two great commandments, to love the Lord by keeping his commandments, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, we have Elder Jack Gerard, uh, General Authority 70 of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, who's, as I say, up to your eyeballs in uh, all of the things that are happening here and such an important effort. Uh, before I let you go, Elder Gerard, uh, two last questions for you. First, uh, what has surprised you? Uh, as you have led some of these VIPs and ambassadors and, and lawmakers and so on, what surprised you uh, from them uh, as you've taken them to the temple? Well, I've been in the town long enough to know that uh, I don't get surprised by many things. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, in this context, what's been fascinating to me, it doesn't surprise me perhaps so much, but confirms to my soul what I've always felt about all others. Mm. And that is when they come here, they truly shed, if you will, the cares and the vitriol of the world. And we come in a common bond, a a calming influence, if you will. And I've been struck by the number of individuals that many would know if we started listing names that many would see on their nightly news programs and in their governmental seats of power and all sorts of different capacities in life. But the temple is a calming influence. Mm. It's the ability of people to see beyond themselves, to see beyond their particular position on whatever that might be, and to focus, as we would say, on things of a better. Mm. So to some degree, that's, I shouldn't say really surprised me, but it's just uh, a very positive sense to be able to see that in the lives of all others that we typically tend to put in different buckets in different ways the world would see them we get rid of those categories yeah so important uh and then finally uh what is it that you what you have learned uh and then we talked about come and see what do you hope people go and tell after coming here Well, I hope, and I'm very confident they will, just based on our experience to date. They'll go and tell what uh, they have learned here and what they have felt here. And we certainly hope they'll invite others, as we were just with Senator Cardin. 
and uh, the local congressman who represents this area, Congressman Jamie Raskin, he said, boy, I want all my colleagues to come see this. Again, doesn't matter if it's left or right. Come see what we believe, how we exercise our faith. And so my hope is as they leave here, just as many of them have uh, expressed, it's a new day for them. Perhaps even a change of heart. A feeling that we can work things out in our culture and in our society. An opportunity to say, though we may have different beliefs and differences from a a variety of perspectives, we can come to common interest to support all of Heavenly Father's children as we see as truly equal, that all are alike unto God. Fantastic. I'm Jack Gerard, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We appreciate you joining us here on a very busy day in our nation's capital here at the Washington, D.C. Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, we thank you for your time today. Thank you, Boyd. Always a pleasure to be with you. All right. We'll go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. More to come. Final thoughts from the Washington, D.C. Temple today. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.